0: All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Jeffrey Mason, who is a customer experience coach, author, and podcaster. Jeffrey, how are you doing?
1: Good. How are you, Timothy? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate
0: it. I'm doing well, and thanks for coming on. We like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about who you are and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great.
1: Okay, so I, you know, I've been in business for 35 years, started in the Wall Street area in sales and really adopted a, um, a liking for working towards creating better customer service experiences. So I set out to write a book in 1989, wrote it and published it, self-published it in 2019. So, you know, that's kind of been my heart and soul. I really have a passion for making that experience with the customers good and, you know, on my end, um, I am a 40, I've been running for 42 years now. So I'd say my biggest recreation uh, and help to, helping to keep in shape is running. I am I'm I've charted my miles. So I'm in my 36,000th life mile, which is a whole lot of miles, uh, six marathons. But, you know, I just love getting out there and experiencing the noises and the air and the, you know, the localities. I've run all over the world. I've been able to travel. So that's really what I am happily married, uh, got two great girls, got two great grandkids and, uh, you know, just, uh, and they're all living right around me here in St. Louis. So, you know, it's awesome.
0: There we go. Sounds like the
1: life. It's nice. (laughs) It hasn't always been, but it's nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There we go. Well, tell us a little bit more about your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day?
1: Yeah. Well, um, you know, a passion for life. I mean, my mother told me, even when I was a child, you know, I got up at 515, 530. I just I wanted to get the day going. I've always been like that. And I, you know, I was an alcoholic and a drug addict for 14 years. And when uh, that when, when I was able to, um, by the grace of God, not wake up one day and have that driving me as a focus. I really began to see the clarity of life much, much uh, better life became much richer. And, um, you know, I, I really realized that I should uh, embrace the micro moments as well as the macro moments of life. And that's really where quality was. And so I, you know, it's just a passion, a passion for getting up in the morning, you know, I don't, I don't know else to say. it.
0: A passion for life, a passion for getting up in the yeah. morning. I, I love that you, um, Kind of said, that's been a theme throughout your life, but were there some points in your life where it was something you had to
1: cultivate? No, but I had, but I had different motivations, like for, for, for good Ten years of my life, I woke up and the very first thing in the morning that I thought of—and you're, you're talking about now age groups 16 to 26—how can I get high? Where can I score? Where can I find something to get me out of this reality I'm in? So there, you know, rather than start the day bounding out of bed and with an energetic uh, approach to life, I, I focused laying there thinking conniving strategizing where can I get this and 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 so it was a it was a different kind I mean my eyes opened I was ready to roll but I was rolling towards a different goal you know
0: yeah yeah you know that is so interesting I love your perspective on that the fact that you said you were still passionate about getting up in the morning but the passion was just directed incorrectly
1: correct absolutely
0: Yeah, I really love that because I think it's a lot of people's experience. It's not that they're um, that they don't have the energy or that they don't have passion or that they don't have all the good things they want in life. It's just that they're focused on the wrong things. They're like putting it in the wrong uh, market for a business. Amen.
1: Amen. The focus is huge. And, uh, you know, I can tell you for, uh, for 10 years, my focus was way, you know, way off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So tell us about that process of switching that focus.
1: Yeah. Well, it was, you know, it was a God thing. I mean, it was uh, December uh, 24th, Christmas Eve, 1987 in Princeton, New Jersey in a church. And I just, I I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. I wasn't, I wasn't able to handle my own life in the way that I knew I was called to do it. And I just, I just said, God, I can't do this. I surrender everything. And, you know, it was that, uh, I I never had another drink. Actually, my last drink was the night before I polished off a six pack in about an hour and 15 minutes. And, you know, it was just, but it, but it didn't matter what I drank, what I smoked, what I took. It just, you know, as long as it got me high. So lo and behold, the next day I woke up and I've never, I've, you know, God was kind enough to me to take the urge away from me and let me see life through the lens he provides for me, you know, and, it, and it's been, it's been remarkable.
0: Ah, uh, I love to hear it. I love to hear it. And you know, it's even crazier about that. Like a lot of people... We'll just um, say it's impossible for that to happen. Like when you're an addict, you have to like wean off of it. You have to do this, you have to do that. But man, that's not the case for you.
1: Well, and I think I think really God, you know, obviously n- knew me well enough to know that I was a stubborn guy and I still am in a lot of ways. And that, you know, I, I, I would probably have questioned the, the reality of God, the realness of him, uh, you know, the, the storyline of the Bible and Jesus. I probably would have questioned it if he hadn't have done something to, to, to show me that, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, this wasn't you. This was me. And, and that's what he did. And I, so he chose that. I'm convinced. I mean, I, I don't have any, you know, you never told me that, but I mean, I'm convinced that's what happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Scales falling from the eyes moment right there.
1: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. I mean, but, and I even say, you know, three days later, I'm out walking the dog and the, and the, the leaves on the trees, especially the evergreen tree, they looked greener. The sky looked bluer. And I was like, what is, you know, I was just so cloudy for all that, those years, I couldn't see, the reality that was the beautiful reality that was right there in front of me.
0: Mm, there we go. Well, let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals. Now tell us about your vision for the rest of your life and your business.
1: Yeah. So the, you know, the, I mean, the, I mean, I'm 63 years old, so I tell you what, man, I've um, I've had a lot of aspirations and had a lot of goals and dreams that I've um, chased some I've achieved, you know, many I have not, uh, many I abandoned, but I, what I really realized in the, in the midst of it all, Timothy was that, um, it, you, is it Timothy or Timmy? I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it's, um, I prefer Timmy, but Timmy. Okay. Tim,
1: yeah. I'm pre- sorry. I should have asked you up front, but you know, Timmy, I, I mean, I just, um, I really adjusted things along the way and realized that, you know, I, am I missing the moment. So am I taking these iPhone snapshots of life and not soaking up and absorbing the moment? Am I just capturing it? And I really learned it in the process of chasing all my dreams that if I could slow down and really learn how to absorb the, the, the time frame I'm in, I'll get so much more out of life. So I would say that from this point on, that's what I have to look forward to. I mean, I, I, I wanted to write a book. I, I made it a goal. I've achieved that. You know, I didn't want to start a podcast necessarily, but I did. And one of my goals is I don't, I never want to miss a week. And I'm in a hundred, my 136th week in a row. I never missed a week. I, I come out every morning at six o'clock on Thursday morning. So, you know, I've started my own business. I still operate my own sales agency. I've done that for 15 years. And that's my third, or some even argue my fourth try at that. So I, I kept pursuing that goal that dream of having my own company. And so here I sit today looking at grandkids, looking at the experiences and I wanna make sure that my dreams from this point on are to absorb the moment. Mm
0: -hmm. Absorb the moment. I love that. And that is such a, um, you see it in the Bible, you see it in a lot of self-help literature, self-improvement literature, success literature. It's all like the being present absorbing the moment and being grateful and not missing life as
1: it passes you by. Right. I mean, seriously. And, and, you know, running has given me a great appreciation for that. I I've, you know, a, a run in the snow or run in a rainstorm or run in Hong Kong, a run in, you know um, my hotel in Bangladesh or run in the middle of a farm field in Pennsylvania. I mean, I've just stopped everywhere you could think of over 42 years, beaches, every cities, and you know, I, I never wear headphones. I never want to miss, you know, what's around me, what's happening, what's going on. And I, and I'm the same way in business. That's why I love the customer experience venue because I, I, I observe the situation. I absorb the situation in the same manner. So yeah, I really, uh, it's you know, it's a wonderful, I guess it's a wonderful gift that I have I've been given that I can do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For those 16-year-olds out there, 26-year-olds, 36-year-olds, 46-year-olds who maybe don't have that perspective, what would you say to them to start gathering that appreciation for life, appreciation for the moment?
1: Yeah. I mean, first thing I'd say is, you know, pick and choose the time for using your smartphone technology. Seriously. Because with that put into a compartmentalized, um, daily program, you leave time open to observe and absorb and um, process the moment you're in without being um, distracted by the smartphone technology. And I find, listen, I find myself even, you know, only, you know, only adopting an aptitude for, it. you know, 10 years ago. Um, I mean, I've, I've been glued to it and I've really got to catch myself And say, wait, um, am I missing something here? So that's the first thing I'd say is is find a time where you can put that aside and, you know, enjoy the human interaction, enjoy the, enjoy nature, enjoy the sounds, the sights, the smells uh, of things going on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I've been, I told you um, earlier, right before we hopped on the podcast that I was feeling a little stressed today. And earlier today, I went to the gym and right when I came back from the gym, I had three minutes before my next thing. And in that three minutes, I decided instead of grabbing my phone and getting on Instagram or texting back some leads or doing whatever it may be, I was going to sit with my eyes closed and just listen. And let me tell you, man, the headache I had like dissolved within like a minute and a half. And then it was another minute and a half of just bliss. And I was like, wow, I have got to just sit. More often,
1: yeah, isn't that cool? I mean, it, I mean, it it sounds so weird, almost that that's you know that's a cool thing, but in today's distraction oriented, busy life, it it's necessary.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, I am right there with you. Well, awesome. If there were, this might be a hard question for your dreams and goals, but if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person that really help you take the next step towards absorbing the moment more and more every day
1: Yeah. Who would wow. they be
0: and how would they do it?
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I'd, uh, you know, I'd love to have met Dale Carnegie. I'll never meet him, but I wish I would, I wish I really could have met him and um, I really would have enjoyed that time. And I, uh, and I think I probably would have, you know, sat there and just been like a sponge and been, it been, it would have been hard for me to talk, but so I, I have to capture him through some of his writings and, and, you know, get more out of him that way. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, if I could meet, wow, it's a great question though. If I could meet one other person, um, you know, who would it be? I, I would have to say Jesus, you know, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I would love to know what I don't know. And, and I mean, you know, I'll, I'll never get that shot, but if I have to aspire for, you know, I, I'll get it someday. I hope, but I, I you know, uh, if I had to aspire for one, that would be it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Dale Carnegie and Jesus. I love it. What is the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you live and absorb in the, the moment every day?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, listen to your, listen to yourself, listen to your body, listen to what, um, you know, how you're being directed, um, how you're being prompted, you know, um, be open to that and don't let outside influences always dictate, you know, where you're going, what you're doing. I mean, there's an old cliche. If you don't know what road you're taking, uh, any road will take you there, you know? And, and, um, if we don't understand ourselves well enough, how can we really, um, get the most out of a day? You know what I mean? And I would really say that for somebody pursuing a dream, you're going to hear whether it's inner voices or external voices telling you you're not worthy. You can't do it. Who cares? You know why, you know, Timmy, you're going to start a podcast really for what reason, you know, who cares, you know, who's going to listen to it? Well, you've done it. You're doing it. You're, you're out there on a almost daily basis in a lot of cases and, and you're, You know, you're pursuing it and there's chances are people that are trying to knock you down. Why? I don't really know, but don't listen to them and, and don't, you know, just keep motoring ahead. If you've got a dream and a goal, do all you can to pursue it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I am. I'm right there with you. Now, how do you hold those two things up? Pursuing a dream or a goal, despite, you know, all the negative self-talk, other people's negativity that comes in but also absorbing the moment of life. Cause I yeah. feel like a lot of my goals will be really like, especially right now, 23, starting my entrepreneurial endeavors. I'm like, really? I need revenue. Like that's yeah. Yeah. Revenue is always a thing that is um, it's both here and out there. Right. And so I'm like, who got my money? Who got my money? Where am I yeah. going to get it? But that's always like a forward looking thing. So how do you absorb the moment and hit goals?
1: Yeah. Great question. You know, I think, I think things, I think these kinds of uh, questions change from decade to decade. So at 33, you know, you might answer that question differently. And certainly at 63, I might answer it differently than you need to answer it at 23. But, you know, I would say that, you know, there are times just like you found that three minutes that, you know, make sure you're planning your day in a way to pursue that, um, career goal, if that's, you know, and it, listen, was important to me too, and it still is. So, you know, find the time, carve it out to do that, but make sure you inject some balance time in there. And if you can't inject the balance time, find those three minutes to close your eyes and breathe and hear things. And, you know, whether it's three minutes at 2.30 at, in the afternoon and another three minutes at 7.30, and you haven't had any in between, at least you're getting some there. And, and then I would just say when you're with people, I mean I, I can tell you, in my opinion, the, the the interaction we have within humanity is so overlooked today with smartphone technology and it's and it's replaced by smartphone technology. Man, that's where I think we can really, uh, you know absorb the moment and even achieve goals at the same time talk to people look at them in the eye give them your undivided attention spend time with them enjoy that process together or as a group and don't worry you know about your career for those short periods of time you can always get back to it when you're done but you know i i just think it's so important to embrace that time we have with other humans
0: yeah I love that. I love the idea of just talking to people, being present with people, which right. how do we friends and influence people? Dale Carnegie is a big advocate of that.
1: There you go. I mean, and yeah, now I did, you know, I did go to his hometown, believe it or not. I drove to his hometown of Maryville, Missouri, and I got out of the car and I walked the streets and I took a picture in front of the library. And, and that was when I was almost finishing my book. I was almost done. And you know, it took me about three and a half years to write it. And man, I'll tell you what, uh, silly as it may sound, I drove out of my way just to absorb the atmosphere. And what I couldn't believe is this guy from a Northwest Missouri farm community, how did he figure these things out? Yep. <laughs> you know, and the only answer I could come up with is we're so caught up in the complexity, the tree branches of life that we forget about the simplicity of the root system we forget about the basics we overlook those basics and you know i think it's a balancing act you know you're 23 you're driving towards your goals but there's also that part of you that needs to embrace simplicity and 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 me too you know and yeah. just you know slow down for a second
0: absolutely i also i think there's something to be said with um it's almost As counterintuitive as it sounds to embrace the moment as well as hit futuristic goals, it's actually impossible to hit futuristic goals without embracing the moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you what, I I, write in my book is a great example. I spent 18 nights in a cabin in the Ozarks. So I got a cabin over three and a half years, 18 different nights and, you know, 20 some odd days I spent there. And so you're out in the middle of this 137 acre, you know, facility with no three other cabins. You know, no noise, no uh, interruption from smartphone technology, nothing like that. And, you know, as you're as you're writing this book and you're you're looking towards the future, right, you're 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 pursuing your goal right there. But just to stop from time to time, take my finger off the keyboard, look out, take a walk, go pray, go just listen to the birds and the and the chipmunks and the squirrels. And it was just like, you know, the deer. I mean, it was like wild. And uh, you know, so even though I was pursuing my goal, I was embracing the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Eckhart Tolle, in his book "The Power of Now," talks a lot about that. Actually, he said, um, "If you're not living in the now, you're um, literally—he calls it the now, the moment, etc." Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're literally missing life, and I think it has a lot to say. Like, um, even for those who are like 23, like me, maybe you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're thinking more practically, like. It translates directly into business and sales and marketing. Like if you're not there with the customer, hearing them out and experiencing that moment with them, no way you're going to sell them on anything.
1: Bingo. I mean, so well said. I don't know if your viewers can see this, but there's a pile of notebooks right behind me on my credenza there. And it's all my notepads from when I started my business in 2008. So I literally have notes from every meeting I've been in from 2008 on. And if I ever have to dip into them, I can open them up and I can reacquaint myself with with that moment in time. But guess what? During that moment in time, the message I was sending to my customer or potential customer that I care enough about you, that I'm listening to you, that I'm absorbing the moment you're providing, I'm absorbing it so well, I'm writing it down so I don't miss anything. And that message is lost today in the business world, I think. And that's a that's a wholesome message. That's a wholesome process where you're showing people that you are absorbing the moment they've given you, and they're giving you that time, uh, their time, their time is money. And what are you doing with it? Well, you can respect it by taking notes right there. And so I think it's a huge lesson. Yeah, I think it's a great, um, you know, you know, that's a there it is right there. How How do you show somebody that you're appreciating the moment they've given you?
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Well, cool. Now we're gonna jump into our thriving three. And The first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, so I absolutely um, you know love Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. But yeah, since we've already mentioned him, my second favorite book is How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling. And it's about a baseball player that got up to the St. Louis Cardinal organization. He fell back down to the minor leagues, the lowest level. This is early 1900s and what did he do he harnessed genuine enthusiasm to get back to the major leagues and in his time frame he was noted as the best life insurance salesman there was in the world pretty much and it was because he learned how to harness enthusiasm so i love I, I love that you know um, you know book too. Uh, Frank Betcher, B E T T G E R, is his name. Now movies, I'm kind of tired. I love the sound of music. It's one of the big epic films I saw. I think it's got a great storyline of you know escape from 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 the the oppressiveness. But I also love Shawshank Redemption. I just love that movie, and it just you know it's so cool, and I love it. And then the the pod, so I kind of a tie there. I don't know which one, you know. Um, and then the podcast that I love listening to every week, I love tuning in. It's called The High Wire, and it's uh thehighwire.com And it's Dell Big Trees, an ex uh, CBS guy, was on the movie, got actually won an Emmy for the uh, the a show called The Doctors, and he just talks about um, you know medical truth, and I really, uh, you know, everything we've gone through recently. I mean, I you know, I just wanted to get a better grasp myself on, you know, what, what's really going on in the medical community, the pharmaceutical community. What am I, you know, what am I not knowing? What should I know? So it's been a great gravitational, um, podcast for me that I don't miss it. haven't missed it for years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, Shawshank Redemption has been on here, been on the podcast as a suggested movie, probably six, seven,
1: eight times now. Oh. And let me tell you, man, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, so good. You got it. I mean, when I was in the movie theater watching it, it was one of those flicks that you're going, I'm watching one of the best movies of all time. I mean, I just, that's the way I felt. And uh, yeah, I was. I watched it on a business trip in San Francisco, literally. And uh, just went to a movie theater one night. No, hardly anybody in there. And it's probably, you know, like on its 12th week or something. And it was, oh, it was
0: great. Yeah, great. Yeah, I'll have to go. I'll have to go watch it. And the book you recommended, "How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling," yes, that reminded me of Napoleon Hill's yes. "Think and Grow Rich," "The Laws of Success." One of the things he always talks about is enthusiasm, like a burning desire, and having that come across in whatever it is you're doing. And I think it's funny how in life, kind of similar to neglecting being in the moment or absor- absorbing the moment, we overlook the simplest things that will really catapult us towards where we want to be and who we want to be. And then always try to do the real complex stuff. And that's just an observation. Yes. I to
1: Oh, hear. listen, you're, Hey, I, I commend you. I'm, I'm serious. I think the, I think the um, we've departed from the concept of simplicity in so many ways. And that's why my company and my books called simple biz 360, I've tried to boil it down to simpler understandings, the simplistic part. I wrote a paper in college once on simplicity and, and I, you know, the, the, my sociology professor wanted me to publish it and I didn't. And I, you know, I've always thought, why was that so attractive to a sociology professor? But it was so attractive because it was becoming a rear view mirror concept, you yeah. know, and that's really, and so I, I just think there's so much in that. And Napoleon Hill, you know, he, he was in that time frame of Carnegie, of, uh, Boettcher. you know, certainly a lot of what he wrote about, uh, came from more simpler times, you know? And, um, yeah, so I, I, he, that's a great book though. I, you know, believe it or not, I have not read that. Oh, Napoleon Hill's books. I have not read that. No, no, I need to, I mean, to talk about suggestion, it's been suggested to me all my life. And it's just one of those books I've never picked up. I know I can't believe it, but, uh,
0: Oh, man, you will devour that book and you won't be able to put it down. Of course, it's some of the principles you probably already know and put into practice, but it's just so it's kind of like how to win friends and influence people. I've probably listened to that book and read that book like five, six times. And I'm just I love it every time.
1: Well, (laughs) I tell you what, you pick up Frank Betcher's, I'll pick up Napoleon Hill's and uh, we'll we'll have to compare notes a couple of months later. Sounds good. Sounds
0: good. And what is one way you like to take care of yourself?
1: You know, uh, keep the ticker moving, keep it going. I'll tell you what, um, I watched my dad uh, really have a tough last 20 years and he died uh, in his mid 80s. And uh, I'm convinced it was because his heart just never worked. He never, he never worked, he never exercised. And so I've been, you know, ever since I stopped playing college soccer, I've started running. And like I said, I've been doing it for 42 years and um, I just, it's something that's part of me. I can't strip it. I've got to get out there and work the heart. So I say, you know, that's you know, aside from eating better and making better choices that way, just making sure you get out there and move and exercise is is imperative to your to quality of life later on.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. There again, it's the simple things: eat right, exercise, sleep. Like <laughs> both. I mean, I'm,
1: I'm yeah, I'm 63, and you know, Timmy, and I'll tell you, I mean, I'm at 63. I know I'm a whole lot different than my dad was at 63. And, you know, I just um, it's because I've been moving. I've been doing things I've been doing, you know, working uh, resistance cords and weights over all those years, in addition to running. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just I I say to anybody out there, please start exercising now because your ticker, your ticker gives out before a lot of things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what is one action step you can take right now or maybe not take? in this circumstance to absorb the moment more and more every day?
1: Um, Be aware. You know, I, I think, I think a lot of stuff to, you know, grab a couple of cliches, go in one ear and out the other, go over our head. We miss it. And we, we, we find ourselves saying, wow, I wish I really would have paid more attention when I was there at that lunch or when I was talking to that person or with that customer. So I just say, you know, increase your deliberateness towards situational observation, become more aware of your surround. Just start tomorrow, but, you know, conscientiously make yourself be more aware of the situation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There we go. And we have one last series of questions. This used to just be one last question, but I've recently changed it.
1: Okay, all right. So I'm bear getting. with me, bear I'm with getting.
0: me. A lot of people have come on the podcast and said that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having a growth mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. The catalyst for that is a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. First question is, do you agree with that? Do you have anything to add to that or subtract from it?
1: Um, I, I kind of agree with that. Yes. Because I think that, you know, a lot of times, for instance, you know, spiritually, a lot of people come to know Jesus Christ through times of desperation and, and so I, I see that and, you know, I, I, I live that out myself. But on the front part of your question, you know, I think that I'd answer it a little differently or agree with it in a little different sense. I think that, yes, there have been catalysts that I consider epiphany moments. And I actually, I just highlighted this in my episode 135, if anyone wants to go to my podcast, you know, and trip over there, but I, episode 135, I talk about epiphanies and, yes I had epiphany moments where just real quick 330 in the morning you know 19 years old wasn't in college working the graveyard shift at an injection molding factory I'm working a machine with this guy at 330 in the morning he's falling asleep on me and it's imperative that when that machine opens he strips that machine of all the residue in there and that machine's going to close up you know as soon as he's done we can close it and we were hired to beat the daily quota and this guy's falling asleep on me and I'm like hey come on, come on, get, keep going. Kenny, wake up, wake up, wake up. And he says to me, he goes, well, I'm sorry. He's 44 years old. Looked like he was 54. And he said, I'm sorry, dude. I, uh, you know, I don't think he said dude back then, but I'm sorry, man. Um, uh, you know, I work two jobs. I, I, I go home at eight o'clock in the morning from this shift and I clean houses till about five o'clock with my wife. I grab something to eat. I sleep from six to 10, and I get up again to get here by 12. And Timmy, my mouth dropped. I just I saw myself in this gentleman, and not to just be disparaging towards him, but I just knew, oh boy, what am I doing wrong with my life? So that morning, I went home and my mother, you know, got home and I said, Mom, you got to drive me up to, I was hitchhiking. I had hitchhiked for four years because I lost my license for drunk driving. So I said, Mom, you got to drive me back to the high school. I have to go see the guidance counselor. I got to go to college. So it was that. Epiphany moment, and I've had many others, not many, but enough, that have I, in my opinion to me, have been the catalyst to stop me. And in my business career, my book, it's in there. I call it a reboot moment. I was this close to getting fired. Guy came in one night at a sales meeting, talked about what he did, how he overcame adversity to achieve success. I went home that night, came in the next morning literally changed the way I was doing things. I started doing th- the plan the company had taught me. And the minute I started working the plan, everything changed. So, you know, I've had some of these catalysts that I call epiphany moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Our next question is, why do you think some people, given that extreme inspiration or extreme desperation, make the choice to change and then others don't? Wow.
1: Timmy, it's a question of great, you know, um, um, it's troubling—a troubling question because I don't know. I'm, I'm a customer experience coach. I focus on helping people make their companies better by making their experiences better that lead to repeat, more repeat business and more referral business. Why I don't have more people interested in that, I don't know. Is it, you know, and I talked to many other coaches and consultants and many other business people, why do businesses and business people and people in general not decide to change? Why weren't they inspired? What didn't what did what didn't they recognize? Do they recognize desperation? I don't know. But man, I don't have the answer for that. I can't figure it out. it's perplexing, but it it comes down to the individual. I'm sure, you know what, but what inside that individual, I don't think it's external forces as much as it is what clicks and what doesn't click. When does it click? How does it click? And I don't know. It's, it's, it's frustrating to, in a lot of ways to not, not know that answer. It is. Yeah.
0: So I'm asking the question because I want to know. the answer. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry.
1: I came up with a goose egg, man.
0: No, it's Hey, Same answer I have. So (laughs) we just keep asking. Yeah. Uh, So next question is that some people need a small amount of desperation or inspiration to change. Others need a larger, more consistent amount. What do you think establishes that breaking point, that threshold? And can that breaking point or threshold be influenced?
1: Wow. Yeah. I think it, you know, our individual makeup, I just think we're all made and designed differently. Some have a higher threshold for pain. And so maybe desperation doesn't come around as quickly as other people. Um, maybe sometimes our stubbornness like me get in the way of realizing that we're actually in a, in a, you know, form of desperation that we, that we need to change. And, and for instance, you know, I mean, I was that close to getting fired. Had I not rebooted my business life the next morning and started working the company plan, uh, I would have been in a state of desperation. All that would have been thrown out the window. So, but it took me longer to get, why, why did it take me to, well, I was almost gone, you know? And, and so, and then what, you know, what influences those inspirations, you know, why does it take a larger amount of inspiration for some than others? You know, again, I just think that I I think a lot of the generations that have come since the 70s, I, I would have to say have been focused on the me side of things. It's the me generation. And we keep growing that what's in it for me, what's good for me, what's good for me. And so a lot of times, you know, we don't really stop and see what's happening we're just chasing the satisfiers for me you know and we can't see that there's actually inspiration to change to do things differently right in front of us and we're not seeing it i I mean i i I think that's got something to do with it um we're so you know there's just so much of a infatuation with chasing that selfishness that sometimes we don't see that you know um you know, there's an inspiration right there. My wife's a perfect example. You know, if I had to, if I had to say there was anybody who's inspired me and I've been reluctant to accept it sometimes, I've pushed it to the brink and she's been there the whole time. And when I, when I accept it, usually things change, you know, and, but, but why do I wait so long? So I don't know. And it's uh, great questions though, man, <laughs> man, you've got to write a book about all the answers on those questions. Yep.
0: Yep, I definitely will. I definitely. Will. And we have one last one for you. I want to say real quick, though, I loved what you said about selfishness and ego, which is another reason why I think you are going to love think and grow rich because okay. um, you All just right. talked about how because our selfishness is always in front of us. That is the thing that we're pursuing. It's easy to focus on that. It's always in front of us. Think and Grow Rich or Napoleon Hill in general, I like the law of success a little better than thinking and Grow Rich just because it's bigger, more in depth. Okay. But he talks about the law of auto-suggestion, hmm. which it sounds all fancy and stuff, but it's literally writing down your goals over and over three times a day, repeating them, repeating them to yourself over and over three times a day because that will create a burning desire in you because as you say stuff, your mind starts to look for stuff that proves that to be true.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so
0: the more you pursue selfishness, the more your mind can only see selfish things. Right. But right. the more you start to pursue inspirational, impactful things, the more your mind can see opportunities to do that. So,
1: right. And, and you know, I'll tell you what a great, and, and in line with that, um, you know, one of my managers told me, you know, read, you know, you want to improve. Right. I, and I did, I wanted to improve after I had that taste, of, of rebooting my business life. And he said, okay, read a business book a month, one business book a month, and then just take three things from each business book, but you could take more, but force yourself for a minimum to take three things from there and apply those three things. At the end of the year, you'll have 36 professional improvements. Why don't you look at it that way? So I think, I think in a way to answer your question sometimes is yeah, maybe, maybe if we just take bite size you know, approaches to, to accepting smaller pieces of inspiration that maybe that, you know, that, that can mushroom into a much larger, uh, um, overall event.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, how we think about things. Cause I think a lot of us tend to self-sabotage by thinking too big. It's like, Oh, I want a billion dollars in 10 years. Well, that's, that's impossible. I can't do that. That's I like, okay, well, can you make $5? Like, let's start there, you know?
1: Right. Um, Correct. I love it. Correct. You know, I love the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team and many, many, for many years, you know, I'm a Yankees fan, but I came to St. Louis and, you know, I've learned to love them. But one of the things Tony La Russa used to always say is to hear him on TV all the time, say it, let's just win this series. Let's worry about this series. If we can take two out of three, you know, if we can take three out of four, that's what we need to be focused on. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the you know the Claudia climb Mount Everest you know one day at a time the whole thing it's just stair steps at a time but I really loved what my manager said about you know you read a whole big book three hundred pages two hundred fifty pages just force yourself to take three things and then try it apply it or fry it but try it at least and chances are you'll apply it and then you've got thirty six improvements in your quiver you know you got thirty six yeah. new arrows in your quiver to do business with. So, you know, it's, um, it's, yes, it's cool.
0: There we go. There we go. And our last question. So in the book, Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And the laws are to make uh, the behavior obvious, to make it attractive, to make it easy and to make it satisfying. With that context in mind, how can we create an environment that accelerates getting people the right amount of inspiration or desperation and facilitates them making the choice that will change their life.
1: I think, I think it kind of lies in authenticity. I mean, I think so. I think that the more, you know, we're seeing a lot of, um, impostership, especially in social media. We really don't know what, you know, and and politics everywhere, you know, we just don't know really what to believe, I think the more that we can leave someone with the sense that we are being genuine and authentic with them, I think that kind of is the, that opens the valves to everything that you just asked. I think it really does. And I think the more we can demonstrate that, whereas somebody says, you know what, I really like the way Timmy handles himself. I really like our conversation. It was just, I I I felt he wasn't pretentious. I just felt I could relate to him. What What is that person really saying? In a way, they're saying that guy Timmy's really authentic. There's just something warm about being around him because I didn't. You know, there wasn't any ulterior motive that I really noticed. I think that's the way we can do it. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I love that. I think again that full circle here goes right back into being absorbing the moment. Yeah, like to fully absorb the moment, you can't be thinking about who you're supposed to be, like you need to be.
1: Bingo. Exactly. Exactly. And I just think uh, there's so much to that. And, and, you know, your age group, I know they love it. You know, I know they love relatability and authenticity and you guys, you know, and especially the younger folks, you know, they, they, they hate seeing um, something fake. They want something that's real and true. And, and, you know, I, I grew up, a lot of, you know, a lot of business people were, they took advantage of customers and consumers and they worked schemes and they still are. And it's a shame, you know, and it's, uh, I just think, you know, that's, that's the, the essence of making the right connection is that authenticity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, awesome, Jeffrey. Is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off?
1: Well, you know, I just uh, wish you all the best, and you know, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch a bunch of your podcasts, and I just got back off vacation myself, so I've kind of been busy this week. But you know, what you're doing, you're asking, and I applaud you for it because you're asking, you know, really thoughtful, inspirational questions, and I'm at the juncture of my podcast, and I'm in the juncture in my career right now that I'm asking more questions than providing answers because I think it's the questioning when we can sit down with ourselves and we can question ourselves about the behaviors that we're engaged in externally, whether it's with our family or with our friends or with our business customers or whatever associates, team, team members. I mean, that's where we find change. That's where, the human essence gets to change. That's where, you know, we get to be more brotherly and sisterly to, to other people. You know, I really do think that. And if we can't be introspective with ourselves, if we, and so, you know, we, we can't get anywhere. And you're asking that, you're you're unfolding that in your interviews. And and that's, that's a precious thing today. So I, I applaud you for it. And I really do.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, awesome. If you guys are listening to this and you loved what Jeffrey had to say, make sure to reach out to him, follow his podcast, and share his podcast. The link will be down in the show notes. As we always ask, shoot this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Give us a five-star review on iTunes, and we're out.